Hello, Angela. Hello. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday to you. Who do we have on the podcast this week? Who do we? Oh, we have the super awesome Dell. I was pretty excited about this podcast. I listened to it because I couldn't be on the podcast, and he's amazing. Why is Dell amazing? He pretty much nails what it's like to be a top-level CrossFit Masters Games athlete with the attitude and his training. And, you know, when he dropped that bit of wisdom about what happened when he downscaled the intensity of his training, that was awesome. Totally, totally worth it. The other thing that's really fascinating about Dell is he is 62 and he ain't going anywhere. Heck no, that man looks like he's 42. When he cleaned up his nutrition and, you know, he just, he's just, a, it was a really good podcast. Like I could listen to that guy all day long. And, you know, I, I've followed some of his master wads over the years because he does do that programming and he really knows his shit. I think the one thing I kind of missed is I asked about the master wad, but I wasn't really clear. The master wad is just a Facebook page that you click on and you join just like ours. But every week he puts out some killer programming. That's what I love about he just like throws it out there, doesn't try to make a dime. And uh, he's like one of the OG members of this CrossFit Masters group. And he's always contributing. So he's, he's pretty awesome. He definitely is. One other thing that we wanted to do is make this podcast a resource. And I got a couple of folks to give me some Masters and Masters friendly comps that are coming up soon. And at the end of this episode, I'll be reading a few of those out. I, I know of a competition coming up. It's called the Open. Oh! Did you sign? I know. Did you sign up? <laughs> I'm Did not you? signing up. No, I'm not doing the Open. What? Why, why not? I thought about doing it scaled, you know, just to kind of put my name out there and do it and then practice my videoing, but I'm in pretty lame shape right now. I'll be honest with you. Dude, check your ego. We do this. So we can get rid of money. We have that $20 bill burning in our pockets. Let's go and do the open. What I like about the open is that I'm in the 55 plus age group. And you know what that means. It means the weights drop. Yeah. But now your rep count goes through the roof. Good luck. Yeah. I know. I'm totally fucked. But I'm going to enjoy it anyways. <laughs> All right, Angela. All right. Episode two. Thank you so much. Okay. Talk to you guys later. Bye. I got like three pages of questions for you, but what I'm really hoping is we can just be kind of BS our way through this. Uh, Angela got pulled into another meeting. (laughs) I don't think I've ever got through a podcast without them barking once. Yeah, well, they'll bark again. Yeah. Is that cool? Yeah. Just let's let's BS yeah, a little yeah, bit whatever. here and uh, just kind of, you know, what what do you want to talk about? Uh, I just uh, ultimately about what you know the direction that masters are going. What what I I think is going to happen. Um, how I think we could support people that are supporting us right now as masters and just rally around the people that are going to support us and are making. You know, like the Masters Fitness Collective, uh, you know, this Legends Comp, uh, you know, Wadapalooza making an attempt to start to include us and what CrossFit's not doing to accommodate Well, let's us. dive into it a little bit, Del. So right. trying to avoid that typical, who are you and give us your bona fides kind of thing. But it does help folks to know a little bit about you. You know, so you've been to the games like four times. You're a co-owner of a, of a box. But what do you what do you do for a day job, man? What's what's the deal? I'm looking at your video right now at the the forest behind you up in Tahoe. What what's your, who are you like? So you're an East Coast boy. How how the hell did you get out here? Okay, I'll go over this briefly. Uh, let me first say I'm I'm super excited to do this first uh, interview with you guys with the CF Masters page. Uh, I've been a member of CF Masters. I think I was probably in the top first fifteen people when we started this page. And, uh, you know, I've always been involved with this page and I love the page. So I'm honored to, you know, be doing this. And thanks for the opportunity. I think you probably figured out who's going to have the shortest life expectancy and then put me first. <laughs> so I appreciate that as well. We got we to get you while we uh, can, though. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm originally from Massachusetts, Massel. And uh, I was a pretty good skier on the East Coast. And uh, 
I was in my first semester at UMass and decided to take a winter off and try to compete on the West Coast where all the, you know, all the skiing was going on and moved out here for a winter. And, you know, it's Taos a funny place. You come here for a winter and it's hard to leave. And I never left. So I've uh, been here the entire time. I was sent, that was since I was uh, 18 years old. I was into commercial construction for a long time. Uh, probably spent 20 years, 25 years doing commercial construction and realized I was just working my life away and I kind of scaled it back and started building uh, spec houses here in Tahoe. Just got a general contractor's license and uh, that's what I currently do. But I'm kind of scaled it back where I just do two houses a year and I basically sub everything out. So uh, I'm done by, I work from probably eight to 10. I'm kind of done for the day. Uh, I go into the gym around noon uh, and I work out from noon to four in that range and come home for the day. I, I don't day. know whether to hate you or love you. The fact that you've <laughs> uh, created the life you want to live. Yeah. Um, or, or the fact that I'm jealous because I commute an hour each way and, you know, but that's kind of the life I want to live. So me, you know, there's no, no use yeah. comparing. Right. 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 And, uh, uh, unlike a lot of you, I don't have any kids. So yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of cost savings, right? There. Where are you at now on the competitive front, man? You, you're, you're over 60. Anybody who's followed on the master's page, Knows you don't look like you're over 60. Uh, maybe some laugh lines around your eyes, but not the abs for damn sure. What, where are you at on a competitive front, and, and what's kind of your goal here, especially for your relative age group? You know, uh, I, it, to do this sport, you have to have a really, really supportive spouse. And my wife, Michelle, has been all of that for since I started this. I mean, she was my biggest fan traveled with me, supported with me, did whatever it took to, you know, make sure that I had the opportunity to do this. And, uh, you know, last year was my fourth games and we got home and she's going like, you know, how many games is enough? <laughs> and basically she just, the way I train is I don't miss a day. Uh, I pretty much, when the open was starting in February, I would start in December training hard and wouldn't go anywhere beside my gym all the way through the uh, online qualifier, which typically was in April. So in Tahoe, that pretty much locked us into the winter. And uh, our winters up here are rough, and we do like to get out. We're at the age now where the snow is not not so much fun anymore. Right. So we just wanted to get out more in the winter, and I wasn't able to leave. So uh, I said, you know what? You're right. We have been kind of selfish. You know, we've been doing this for 10 years. Let's, it's, it's your turn. Let's start traveling more. And that's kind of what we did last year. But I figured out that I didn't need to train as much as I really thought I needed to train. So, uh, you know, we were able to travel quite a bit all winter. And I literally maybe lost one spot from where I was the year before when I trained my butt off. So uh, I, I'm still competing. Uh, I, I still love it. Uh, I still want to go to the games. Uh, it's just I've backed off a little bit on the training and um, have a little more balanced life with a lot more so travel. What is, what, what is Masters, man? Because, I mean, we've got this range from 30 to we got 75-year-olds, or I should say 35 to, you know, 75-year-olds. But, yeah. you know, there is a difference, I think, when you hit like 50, and I'm sure when you hit 60. Should, should CF kind of main page be putting up master-specific wads? Do you think they take that into account these days? Honestly, the, the main page workouts are pretty doable for masters. Obviously, you're going to have to scale, right? You're going to have to scale the weights and some of the movements. But um, I think as far as CrossFit actually trying to dictate that, I mean, how many people actually do main site workouts anymore? I mean, most of the gyms, there might be a few old school gyms that still do, uh, you know, main site workouts. Most of them are following some other type of programming or doing their own. Uh, and I think any program you get into as a competitive master, you know, you're following what's made for your age group. I, I, I know personally I do a comp train and, you know, we have a specific 60 year old uh, group and there's actually two 60 year old groups there's a one that for people that just want to do better in the open and there's another for people that wanted to go to the games so it's pretty broken down and spelt out and uh 
I think pretty much any program you follow now uh, will break that down for you. And speaking of training, I don't know if everyone knows, but you published the Masters Wad. You know, so, I do. So yeah. weekly, um, yeah. you, know, you put out something around Masters programming. Why do you do that? You know, uh, originally I started that. I can't even remember when. I, I started with Terry Dickman, uh, one of my early heroes in this sport. Uh, and a really good guy. I competed at multiple games with him. Uh, and he's actually the founder of CF Masters page. I don't know if anybody remembers that far back, but it was Ray Garcia and Terry Dickman that started that page. But uh, Terry came up with the idea, and uh, I was going to be doing the programming. And basically what we thought there was a need for is I remember following the Masters pages six, seven years ago, and everybody was hurt all the time. <laughs> I mean, there's... Injury, injury, injury. I guess it's kind of the same, right? But it seems like it might be a little bit uh, not as quite as bad as it used to be. And what we realized was everybody was trying to do uh, competition programming for kids. And there wasn't really a lot going on for master's programming back in those days. So I was working in, uh, at that time. My coach was Mike Fitzgerald with OPT. He was a brilliant coach. Uh, and he basically, I was, I think, his first really master's athlete, competitive master's athlete. And my first six months with him, I was beat down, tired all the time. And I actually went to him and I'm going like, I don't know if I can do this. You know, uh, we got to we got to figure out something with the volume. Something's not working. I can't feel like this all the time. So uh, we played with different uh, scenarios and different workout patterns. And we fire, finally figured out the right amount of volume uh, where I could stay healthy and still be competitive. And uh, I kind of figured it out from there and decided like, okay, I'm going to start making workouts for, for, and it's, the master wad is specifically designed for people like 47, 48 years old and up. And it's just a right amount of volume. I feel uh, where you can stay healthy and it's pretty smart programming where I think you could pretty much stay injury-free and be competitive. And there was a need at that time for it. So I started it, and uh, it, it took off. I had a lot of people following it. Uh, and it was just a way I didn't charge for it. Um, I just did it. It was just a way of giving back to the community. And I've got some people that follow it religiously, so I've just, I know there's so many options now for master's athletes to get programming uh, and very affordable. But I, uh, I started, and some people are just following religiously, so I've just kept going with it. It, it doesn't take that much time, and uh, yeah, just my way of giving back. Well, I, I tend to cherry pick from it. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, yeah a lot of people cherry pick. <laughs> when you're programming, um, yes. when you're thinking about you know maybe focus on the Masters wide, are there are there things that we should not be doing? Or maybe just the elites should be doing like maybe like handstand push-ups or ring muscle-ups or it you know as as folks push over the you know fifty plus sixty plus and and I'm not talking about yourself or Billy or Hip and Steel or Susan Clark or I'm not you know should should we start thinking about avoiding certain stressors as as we get older the more normal athlete. I think that's completely dictated by how you feel, right? If, if you're doing stuff where you're feeling beat up or you're feeling beat down or your technique's terrible and you're, you're worried about getting hurt because your technique's so bad, yeah, well, then probably you wouldn't want to do that. But, I mean, I think the sky is the limit for, you know, what movements you can do well into your 60s. Uh, I mean, there's... I know I just competed this last weekend. My entire 60-year-old age group made bar muscle-ups. Uh, I was shocked. <laughs> I literally thought that a couple of us were going to be able to do it. And uh, two guys had never even done one before, ever in their lives, and they, they made them at this comp. And so it rounded out that everybody in the 60-year-old age group got a bar muscle-up. So, you know, these, these movements are doable. Obviously, you've got to know yourself and really – decide am i capable of doing this movement without getting hurt uh, you know a, a, for instance a bar muscle up is basically a gymnastics move it's not really a strength move uh it's you know it's timing and speed and uh it's 
yeah, to answer your question, no, I, I don't really think that you should be afraid of movements. Okay. I want to kind of dive into at some point, you know, that, that whole concept of first time and the comps and the open and forcing functions, but you hit on the legends comp and, um, I think that was the first year it happened. This is actually the third year of this. Wow. Okay. So tell me about it. You know, give some folks some background, how they treat you guys. Yeah, I I would love to do this. This is, um, Legends Conference in Carlsbad, California. It's uh, an offshore CrossFit. Uh, Joe and Bob Jennings. Sorry, Joe, I don't know your last name. Uh, Bob Jennings. Bob Jennings is a 45-year-old games athlete. He's a rock-solid competitor. Uh, they put. They came up with this comp a couple years ago. They were begging people, trying to get people to go. Uh, they didn't get very many people. This year, they decided to do an online qualifier. Uh I got involved with it because they didn't have a 60 plus age group and I kind of talked them into adding it. So, uh, since they did that, I decided to do an online qualifier and and qualified and we got down there and I didn't really know what to expect, but I was kind of blown away. Uh, and, and I think, I think our future is in a lot of these comps, especially for masters. You know, at the games, you know, you can see it now. We're kind of second-class citizens. Guadalupe, Granite Games, you know, that's all basically individuals, and we're kind of the sideshow. But this Legends comp, it's just strictly a Masters comp, and they're going to try to run it as the the go-to Masters comp of the year. And and I really think that's exactly what it's going to be. It's going to be the go-to master's company year. These guys are doing it for all the right reasons. They're doing it not for the money. They're doing it because they want to make it the top master's company year where you go there and you're treated like royalty. They they gave us uniforms this year. They gave us shorts with our numbers on it, a couple of shirts. I actually got one right here. I mean, they're giving us the clothing, right? Yeah, I saw I saw Kathy's uh, shirt, and I didn't realize it was uh, it was an issue. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they lost money putting this comp on. Uh, and, and their goal next year is to actually move it to Del Mar Fairgrounds, where the regionals used to be in San Diego. Uh, have a really solid online qualifier, mm-hmm. and I, I'm going to help them promote this as much as I can because I really think our future as masters is in comps like this. I'm questioning how much longer we're going to be part of the games, but this is an outlet for all of us that want to compete in a masters only setting uh, with a really quality event directors. Uh, So I'm encouraging you, all you guys pay attention to this legends masters comp, uh, the online qualifier I think will be next June. Uh, But if we could really ra- rally behind this, uh, it would be awesome. This year they had a Masters Fitness Collective. I want to give those guys a shout out too. Uh, they saw the need. They saw what we didn't have anything televised at the games this year, so they're going to try to get together and do that next year. Uh, they came and did a live feed this whole weekend at the Legends Comp. Uh, so it, it, this is the coolest comp ever. You could do an event. Then you can run down to the beach, which is a mile away, sit on your phone and watch your buddies compete, then go back and do your next event with the live feed. So, uh, yeah, the Masters Fitness Collective uh, came in, crushed it with the live feed, did a lot of interviews and stuff, and uh, they're going to be there next year. Uh, and it should be – I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe a couple thousand people doing this comp next year, the online qualifier and hopefully we can get moved to the Del Mar Fairground for so the So give finals. me an attitude check here. When you're going to the comp yeah. like this, and I, I kind of yeah. think, I mean, my rule in life is the old 80-20 rule. 80% of the people are not going to be competitive, and 20% are going to be competitive kind of a concept. Obviously, there's more folks. And, and when I look at the 60 age group, it's, it's insane to me the number of people that still want to throw down hard. And but there's a lot of people that may or may not, you know, understand that, that it's open to them as well. So what's the attitude like in, in that group of folks, you know, 50 plus, 60 plus? What was the comp? What was the vibe like? Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're so supportive of each other. You know, 60 plus women are also really good friends of ours. So we're a really tight knit community. We 
have our own little uh, Facebook page as well. Uh, Janice Hurley runs and uh, we're all super tight and we've really kind of bonded this year with our ongoing uh, battle with trying to get our age groups added to different comps. Uh, so we've been pretty really tight over the last uh, six months and we're just trying to grow, um, you know, the fields. So to accommodate 60 and uh, even 65 plus masters uh, going forward. Uh, the, the other thing I want to add is uh, the ledges has agreed to do a 65 age group oh, cool. next year. So that's going to give, uh, you know, that's really going to be the only major comp with a 65 age group uh, next year. And you're talking about skill levels. They're also going to do a, uh, they're talking about doing a scaled for it next year. So you can go to a major comp and have a scaled division for you next year. Uh, which I think will be awesome for a lot of people, especially in the upper age groups. That's kind of what I was thinking of. In fact, one of the questions I was thinking about asking you is about you know a 65 plus group because you know in 35 to 40, everybody goes, yeah, that's a totally different group. But then it becomes yeah. 60 plus, and you got 70 year olds thrown down with 61 year olds. You know, that's that's a decade. That's that's a large range. Yes. Yeah. It is. You got 60 plus added to Wadpalooza. How how how'd you yes. do that? Uh, persistence. I literally have been fighting with Wadapalooza for several years. Uh, they stopped age groups at 50 uh, at the time. And I remember just, you know, just blowing them up on social media and, you know, emails and direct messages to the event directors, you know, saying they needed a 55. They've added the 55, but at that point, I was turning 60, and I'm going, like, I don't want to compete with the 55-year-olds. Wadapalooza is notoriously pretty heavy, right? It's uh, it's not an easy comp. And this year, they were talked about adding a 60, but they didn't. And when I saw that, I started the same thing, started blowing them up on social media and uh, started making phone calls. Uh, you know, I called CompTrain, talked to Christine Bald. She's our coordinator for CompTrain. She talked to Harry and Ben Bergeron. And I said, hey, can you get these guys to make some phone calls for us? I, I went to Sean Woodland, Tommy Marquez, going, hey, can you guys help out? And finally, I got a message from him and said, can we have a phone call? So I got on the phone, had the original phone call, and uh, I was talking with Danny. He's the event director for Wadapalooza. He just explained to me, hey, we don't have time. We go from morning till night. We have a curfew. We can't make this work. It's just impossible. And I said, well, I have a solution. Let's just cut a minute off every time cap, and you'll be able to fit us in. And they pretty much said, no, it's not going to happen this year, maybe next year. And I'm going, I'm not going to go for that maybe next year again. I mean, it's your favorite line, maybe next year. It's not That's not going to work. This is going to happen this year. And he said, sorry, man. Wish I could help you. I can't. And um, I kind of said, well, you know, I'm, I'm not going away. So, um I don't know how you want to play this, but I'm not going away. My next step is maybe to go to your sponsors. I don't know what to do next, but I'm going to figure it out. But I'm not going away. And they asked me if we could have a phone conversation the next day. And I got on the phone with Dylan, uh, the VP for Loud and Live, and Danny. And we figured out how we can make it work. They agreed to give us a 50, uh, half a field, 50%, five men, five okay. women. And if we could get 80 people to sign up, uh, I agreed to that. And uh, I think we had 170 people sign up. I think we were like the second largest age group of the whole comp. Uh, they were kind of blown away with the numbers. And honestly, I think I think Loud and Live is kind of the future of competitive CrossFit is my guess. Right. They've picked up like four or five events. They're definitely moving, trying to put a lot of events out there granite games they've got the mexico they think they've got spain as well wadpalooza they're doing california west coast classic correct yeah and, and they bought the granite games as well so yeah i think they got five sanctionals right now but i well i was talking to them and we did blow away their numbers what they were looking for and what we actually got they agreed we could have a conversation about adding a 65 age group next okay. year which I think would be huge, especially with all events that they run. 
And they also said that they're going to include the 60 plus if we hit our numbers this year, they would include the 60 plus and all, all of their events going forward, which is kind of good news That's for fantastic us. Fantastic news. But you got to figure, right? CrossFit is the only sport where you're done when you're 60. And I've, I've watched so many of these guys. I mean, a couple of guys like um, Scott Olson. Look at Scott. I mean, he's one of the best athletes. He was one of my favorites watching compete. You know, he just ran out of age groups. The guy's a phenomenal athlete. Uh, Clark Holland, you know, another California guy. Clark is, I don't know, how, Clark's kind of seven games, I think. He's awesome athlete. He's just, you know, he's 67 years old now or around there he just he just can't compete anymore and crossfit's the only sport that doesn't give these guys age groups i mean you go into i mean my background skiing you, you can ski race all the way to 80 triathlons you know this i mean we have age groups iron man all the mm-hmm. way to 80 years old olympic lifting power lifting uh you know every sport has age groups you know past 60 and i i just don't understand why crossfit shuts us down you know when we get to be 65 it's we need it. We need it. I don't want to quit this sport. Uh, you know, it's my third year in the 60 year old age group. You know, I'm getting at the point where it's going to be really hard for me uh, right. to compete. Uh, and I'd like to think that we have a, another age group coming. So that's my goal right now is to just keep working and doing everything I can to try to get who are, whoever's going to be running these, uh, the CrossFit games, or these CrossFit events to, you know, consider us. Which kind of blows my next question, because I, I was literally going to ask you, well, what's in this for you? I mean, you're obviously a competitor, but I, I, I doubt that you're going to hit 18 comps a year. You know, so, so is this, so you can get to more comps, and, and you've got a place to play? Is this just, you just want to see it happen, and you know a lot of good people your age, or what, you know, why would you invest three years, and I know you didn't do it every day, four hours a day, but why do you invest three years pushing the, the Wadpalooza folks? You know, is, is, it a, is it a pride thing? Is it, a, is it I want to just go down to Wadpalooza and compete? I, you know, it's, yeah, selfishly, yeah. It, it's A lot of it has to do with I want a place to compete. But I also am doing it because I'm thinking, I mean, even yourself, Ron, you guys are going to yep. be 60 some year, right? I mean, all you guys uh, listening to this are going to be in your 60s some year. And, you know, so it, at some point, someone has to do it. Uh, we just can't, you know, if you want to be able to compete, you should be able to compete. It shouldn't be a factor of, you know, saying you, you're you not competitive anymore because you turned 65, okay? So you're not allowed to compete anymore. That just doesn't even seem right. I don't mean, it just blows me away that that's how they run it right now. But, I mean... I think if we support each other as masters and we support people that support us, uh, I think that'll go a long way in getting this done, you know, getting these upper age groups added. I think, especially within the CF masters group, the, the 60 plus category is one of the most impressive groups we have, mainly because I think the, the bulk of us are 45 to 55. And, and we've seen what time has done and, and the degradation and how we just literally cannot compete against a 22-year-old anymore. And we get it, and we can project forward a little bit. In our group, everyone wants to see 60-year-olds going 12 to 15 feet up a rope. That's pretty damn cool. Yeah, yeah. A lot. Yeah, I mean, you see 60-year-olds just killing handstand walks. It's you know, watch hip and steel sometimes, some of the things he does. It just, you know, it's impressive. And I I can't see anybody not, you know, watching like a Dave hip and steel and not being impressed. I mean, these guys can really move at their age. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, I get inspired all the time, you know, and it just makes me work harder just trying to keep up with these guys. So what you know? is age and intensity how does that adapt over time you talked a little bit earlier about working with opt and and adapt, adapting your training and so forth but what does age really do to the body or, and what does age in your mind you know is there a way to avoid it is there what you just have to back down do you change intensity what 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 does age do to us it's you know it, it's really funny it's you it's just the old saying listen to your body right you're not gonna you know like i'm at 62 i can't go 100 percent every day i'm if i go 100 percent every day i'm gonna be beat down the entire year it's just not gonna work for me 
so you have to pick your battles. I would say that I go at 100% intensity maybe once a week. And it's typically on a workout that I'll look and it's total wheelhouse for me, something I know that I could do just to destroy. And I'll go out and go 100%. On the other days, I'm probably going maybe 80 to 85% effort. And I'm really focusing on good movement. And I'm really practicing pacing, you know, just trying to figure out a perfect pace, doing perfect movements without any wasted energy. And that carries over to when you're competing, right? So if you're out there and you're at a perfect pace, doing perfect movements, not wasting energy, that's going to pay off practicing that. It's going to pay off when you're competing big time later on. So I think that just is important as trying to go out and go on 100 miles an hour all the time. Not only are you not going to last long, you're all you're doing is you're wrecking movement patterns. You're not doing movements right. If you're not doing movements right, you're wasting energy. Figuring out how to, uh, you know, break up sets. I know, like, uh, I coached Billy uh, for Billy Goodson for a long time. And, uh, you know, him and I have a similar competitive outlook. We break things into little tiny sets all the time. Uh, you know, if I got to do 50 pull-ups, I'm not afraid to do 50 singles. Uh, Billy does the same thing. But, you know, that's a perfect time to figure it out when you're training every day. You can figure out what exactly works for you. So when you get to the Open... You know, and you see something that starts with 50 pull-ups, you know, like, okay, I'm going to do 50 singles. It's going to take me exactly this long, right? So you have a really good idea of what you're looking at. And that's that's the way I feel you should be training, not going out there and trying to do a class workout and go out there and kill everybody. You want to go in there and you just want to practice good movements and practice your pacing. And then when you get that one wheelhouse workout, just get after it, you know. Uh, I feel that's the best way to go about it uh, without destroying The funny your thing, body. though, is that advice doesn't sound like it's really applicable or specifically applicable to any age group. It's do the movement correctly. Don't kill yourself every day. Pick a few things that, that a few workouts to, to up the intensity level. It's kind of applicable across the board, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, I know, like, I'm a big Ben Bergeron fan, but you listen to him when he's talking about training and uh, Katrin. Is he talks about her having like a bad day or not going hard enough. You know, he wants her going hard a lot, right? So she's going to train different than we're going to train, right? We're not going to do that. And he's pretty specific, you know, with his master's athletes saying, don't do that. Do, don't go 100% all the time. It, it's a completely different formula. I think, as far as intensity goes, as you get older. But yeah, what you're saying, yeah, you should always, you should always, sorry about that. Obviously, you should always be looking overall at at your movement patterns and trying to maintain good movement patterns. Uh, And also listening to your body. I mean, if you're tired and you're beat up, you know what, there's nothing the matter with taking a day off. You know, I'll look at my workouts some days and I might say four or five workouts. I, I might skip two or three of them. I'm just, you know, if I get there and I'm dragging and I don't feel it, and like, I'm, I'm not going to make myself do it just to make myself do it. I'm going to make myself do it when I feel like I'm, I have, I can give a good effort. If I'm dragging and need rest, you know, I'm going to take rest. You, you really have to pay attention to what your. That's body's an interesting you. one because occasionally on the list we get the question uh, that kind of shows my age. I call it a list when it's a Facebook group, but we get we get the question. You know, have you ever quit in the middle of a wad or not shown up? And and my answer to that is, hell yes, I have. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, there's just there's hell just me. times when you get yeah. in the middle of something, and I'm not making money off of CrossFit. I love doing it. It and it helps me in a lot, a lot of ways beyond just uh, physical aspect. You know, there's a good anxiety relief and a few other things. But if I'm into it and the shoulders feeling tweaked or it's just you know a lot of different things. I don't have a problem stopping if I really feel I need to stop. Not because I'm being lazy, then I'll push myself. But if, if I just think it's not right, I'm just kind of wondering how you feel about something like that. Like if, if you're in the middle of something and it's just not working for you, what do you do? I go, go sit down, get some water, and think about okay. what I'm going to do tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem with stopping at it. Actually, I did a class workout 
uh, it was a hero workout. It was one of the holidays just recently. And I was, we probably had 20 something people doing the workout. And I literally got, it was a, I think it was like a 30 minute workout. I got like six minutes in and just wasn't feeling it. And, you know, I, you know, I've got all the people that I coach in there and I just go, don't care. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> just stopped. You know, it just, sometimes you're just not, it's not there. You can't make something be there. That's yeah, not that's there. a that's a really really interesting point. Kind of leading into that, if something's not there, um, you know, we talk about training weaknesses, and uh, we, you know, that's a large part of being, you know, large part of CrossFit's being a well-rounded athlete. What weaknesses yeah. are you still working on? Handstand walks. You know, it's funny because, and, and what I, this is the biggest thing I find with masters is. Everybody wants to get muscle-ups. Everybody wants to get handstand push-ups, right? But nobody wants to do the work to get them. You know, any skill requires three days a week of working on it. If you really want to develop a skill, if you work on that skill three days a week, you're going to get that skill. It's as simple as that. You can't just wait for, like, ring muscle-ups to come out and work out maybe once every two weeks and think you're going to get ring muscle-ups. It just doesn't happen like that. You have to pay the dues. You have to go through the progressions to get these movements so many people just want to work on what they're good at you know they just they go in there they're going to open gym and you know they got a 400 pound back squat and they go in there and back squat which is i just don't get that i mean if uh for me personally you know i I, i'm really strong deadlifting if i deadlift once or twice a year i'd be fine right it's not going to go away i might might drop five or ten percent but it's if I drop five or ten percent, I'm still going to beat most of the guys in my age group. So it's not that important. So I'd much rather go in there and work at what I'm not really good at. I, and that's the only way you're going to develop skills. You have to practice them, even if it's not in what you have. You know, you got your programming, and especially if you're following, like, like I said, comp train. Um, you know, it's generic programming, right? They're programming across the masses. So I'll take something out of my daily programming to work on something that I'm really bad at. And I'm really good at working at what I suck at. Right now, that's handstand walks. It's a shoulder mobility issue for me. And, you know, I'm getting a little bit better and, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to get there. But uh, it's super frustrating for me because, uh, you know, a lot of guys in my age group have them. And it's pretty embarrassing when you're at the games and you got a handstand walk and you're falling on your ass. I would say, hopefully by this open, I'll have it. Uh, I've, I've got five feet once, uh, and, but I'm just going to keep trying. What games was it where they first threw handstand walks at the Masters? It was out on the field, and it was after like a sled drag. But I remember watching it, and everyone kind of knew it was coming, and there were so many men and women kicking up and falling on their ass. And you could see the folks who had gymnastics training and I would say that was mainly on the female side you would see these women kick up and their toes would be pointed and I would be jealous but I haven't done any work to get to that level so that's it you said the work and you just said you're good at working and what you suck at but most of us in this group are showing up for an hour and getting a good workout in and and might want to get better how do we do that with the hour that we have? Do we blow off a uh, uh, maybe a wad a week and, and then spend that 20 minutes working on the skill? Do we just have to spend an extra half hour? How do we get better for a normal person? Okay, so uh, let me use bar muscle-ups for an example. You want to get better bar muscle-ups. For me, I think the best way to develop bar muscle-ups is to do banded bar muscle-ups. When you practice banded bar muscle-ups, it takes the chicken wing out of it. Pretty much anybody that I've taught with a band does not chicken wing. So if someone comes to me and I've taught, I don't know, 100 people how to do bar muscle-ups at my gym, and basically we'll start with a pretty thick band and we'll do three a minute for seven minutes, right? So get to the point where they can link three in a row with a thick band and do it as a seven-minute imam, right? That's seven minutes. You know, we have them do it three times a week. And we gradually go down to smaller band, smaller band, smaller band, and until they have no band. This typically will take like five to six weeks, so three times a week, and they'll typically get them. But it's it's seven minutes. It's you know you could get done with your hour class 
run over, grab a band, and start working on it. It's going to take you seven more minutes. I'm pretty sure your coach will probably be okay with that. But it doesn't require a lot of time. It requires consistency, just doing it, you know, that three times a week or, you know, just getting after it, just deciding I'm going to make this uh, thing that's going to be, I'm going to accomplish this at some point and just making a point to just get out there and just do it. One of the other things that causes folks to just do it is competition. And you, you mentioned a couple of the men in your age group at the Legends Comp didn't have bar muscle ups. And yeah. I would bet if they're traveling to Carlsbad to do a comp, you know, they're, they're probably tried bar muscle ups. But what is this? To me, the, the Open is about a forcing function more than a competition. Most of us aren't going anywhere. I, I've never been close to the age group qualifier. But it did get me ring muscle-ups. It got me bar muscle-ups. It pissed me off enough on double-unders that I finally forced myself to get them. And, and that's me, obviously. But what is this competition thing? And, and, and how did folks get their bar muscle-up at, at the Legends Comp? You know, what's funny is uh, I, I got done with the workout. And, you know, it's CrossFit. We go back and root for the guys that are not doing as well. And a couple guys were just hung up and we just went over there and kind of coached them up a little bit. And, you know, obviously with, you know, with us watching and everybody cheering and you got all that behind you and they just, for some reason, get that little extra burst of energy. And next thing they're on top of the rings. It was amazing to watch. And we ran over to the other guy who couldn't get it, did the same thing and he made it. So it was just, it was super fun to watch it. And it was not only my age group, it was pretty much across the board in all age groups. Uh, a bunch of people making their first ones. Uh, this one girl, Booty, friend of mine, she was so awesome, her reaction when she got her first one there. Uh, the crowd was going crazy. It was it was, it was fabulous. You, you love seeing that. So that's one of the good part about comps is, you know, even though you're competing each, each other, Obviously, you want to see everybody do well, and it was really fun to watch. Uh, that's another thing I liked about this comp too. They didn't sugarcoat it. You know, uh, they we had handstand. Sixty-year-olds had handstand walks. We had you know handstand push-ups. We had bar muscle-ups. So, you know, they're they're rewarding the guys that have done the work. I'm sure some people get intimidated when they see this stuff, but also you, it is a competition, and you got to reward you know the people that have develop these skills. What is it about comps? Should folks consider that? I think there's a lot of folks that are worried that they're not good enough, that they would show up and be embarrassed. And, you know, maybe they couldn't hit the weight or they wouldn't have the, the gymnastics skills. So what would you say to those folks to maybe encourage them or help them make their decision whether or not to drop a couple hundred bucks to go to a comp? The reality now and competing now and where CrossFit's kind of going now is uh, we're, we're usually going through an online qualifier now, right? Uh, Granite Games, Wadapalooza, Legends. Uh, there's another big one we just had this year in California, the NorCal Classic. Uh, typically, they all have online qualifiers now. So that's a, that's a good spot to get your feet wet, right? You got usually two workouts a week, maybe for three weeks. And you can go out there and kind of get an idea of where you are before you would actually get to the comp, right? And the good part about what's coming up in the future, I think, is we're going to see more of these scaled divisions, right, uh, in some of these comps. Uh, so, like, that's going to be another good spot. You're going to have an online qualifier with a scaled division. And, and that's a great way, you know, you, you know that you're going to get there and you're not going to have to do bar muscle ups or you're not going to have to do handstand walks. You're going to be able to go out there and do, you know, scaled movements and be able to compete as well. And I think, you know, that that's a whole nother thing that we could look forward to as masters. So let's take this back a little bit just to you. Okay. You're part owner of South Tahoe CrossFit, right? That's How'd you get yeah. into that? And was there a box when when you started or you know what, what's your backstory on that yeah we started in a in 2009 south tahoe crossfit opened a little tiny sp spot uh and my wife started going she was uh, one of the first members in there uh she's super athletic and she got into it and was loving it and tried to get me to go and you know i was doing a lot of adventure racing at the time a lot of biking and uh, you, you know, stuff related to that. And that was my exercise, but I just didn't 
think it was my deal. I, I thought it was more like a jazzercise Zumba type thing and just didn't really want to go. Uh, and finally, her girlfriend, who's a good friend of mine, uh, talked me into going one day and I had a blast. I started going pretty regularly and I was terrible. At, I mean, really bad. And, uh, but I was having a blast. And probably about, I was there for like six months and I was bringing in a lot of members. I'm a pretty good salesman. And uh, so one of the owners um, got accepted into special forces. So he had to leave. So I bought his share of it. And I really didn't know that much. I definitely didn't know enough to be owning a CrossFit gym, but I had the money and uh, I was able to get in. And then it just kind of took off from there. I started getting serious about it and, you know, started eating right. And I think in, that was in 2009, 2010, we moved to a bigger spot, uh, which we still have now. When I finally got my level one and started coaching a little bit, which I was also terrible at at the time. And, uh, but you know, you know how it is. You just figure stuff out and, uh, you know, we continue to get better coaching and as a well, gym we'll speak about terrible at you are the first person i've ever interviewed so you know I'm, I'm sure i suck at this but hopefully over time we'll improve and uh have some good questions for you you just mentioned something that's kind of interesting eating right and yeah. um if i understand correctly you used to compete a little bit heavier you're maybe a little bit lighter now and it's not about the actual weight number on the scale per se but what what drove that? Where are you at in terms of nutrition and, and how does that affect you or where's that? To me, I think it's probably about the most important factor, right? If, if you're not eating right and you're trying to compete, you're just shooting yourself in the foot, I feel. I, I think I started to eat right around 2010. What I thought was right. Anyways, I, I really cleaned up my diet. Um, I quit drinking. I, actually, I take that back. I, I quit drinking except for when I went on vacation, which was quite a bit. <laughs> so, uh, and since then I pretty much have quit drinking, but, uh, I started 2010 and I noticed a huge difference. I probably lost 15, 20 pounds and I just felt like a million dollars. And I, you know, I continued that the whole time I was competing, but I was competing at about 205 pounds and, I went to the 13 and 14 games at 205 and 15. I think I went like 201 thought I was really light and, you know, I thought I was eating perfectly. And, uh, somehow, uh, I ended up in a conversation with Mike Dola, uh, from stronger you. And he, we were talking about diet, and he goes, well, I'm sure you eat really well because, uh, you know, you're, you're competing at a high level and I'm, I'm sure your diet is really well. Uh, he goes, so he goes, you know, uh, what do you eat? And I kind of described it to him and he goes, it sounds really good. He goes, what does that weigh? And uh, I'm going like, oh, I don't know what it weighs. He's going like, well, do you walk over to a bar and back squat it without knowing the weight on the bar? And I'm going like, it's a pretty good point. And he offered to help me out with, uh, with nutrition for a while. And uh, all of a sudden I was one from 205 down to 182 or so and just got, you know, really lean, really cut. I didn't lose too much strength. But then I, from, for some reason, I don't know what happens when you first get into macro counting, all you're thinking is how lean can I get? And I actually, I, I went too far with it. I got all the way down to 175 and kind of lost quite a bit of strength. I went all the way uh, back up to like 185, 188, and that, that's kind of my sweet spot now, you know, that 188 area. And uh, I feel really good at that, and, you know, my strength's there. And, uh, you know, every pound makes a big difference. So you're doing muscle-ups or you're doing high rep pull-ups or anything. A pound's a lot of weight. It doesn't seem it, but it really matters. you got to do 100 burpees. One or two pounds matters, you know, so it, it's it, being 205 and now being, you know, 185 range, that's 20 pounds. That's a, a it's a drastic. Uh, and difference. do you still count macros or how do you approach food now? Yeah, I, I pretty much. One thing about macro counting is you get really good at it. So you can, you know, I can go to the grocery store and look at sweet potatoes and go, okay, that's a 250 gram sweet potato. You get get it that dialed and you're within five grams. You know, I'm I'm that guy that there's 100 potatoes in that bin and I'm picking through them looking for the 250 gram ones. And uh, 
you know, so I don't have to weigh that potato every night. I know I'm within a couple of grams. Uh, I still weigh, you know, I have a lot of chicken. I still weigh all that. I don't travel with a scale. I just try to get it as close as I can. But, you know, I've been doing this for a couple of years and I feel that I'm really close to hitting my numbers, even, you know, why I'm It's been about an hour and I appreciate your time. One of the things that's interesting is the list itself, CrossFit Masters Facebook group. I keep on saying it's an email list. That's how freaking old I am. You've been around since first 15 people or so when, when Ray and Terry built it. What's it mean to you now? What is this group? we got 28,500 members. It's insane how many people are on it. And the participation rate, in my opinion, is pretty darn high. What's it mean to you, though? Why are you still around? Uh, I mean, it's a great resource, right? There's stuff there that sometimes I'll read stuff and I go, you know what? I've never thought of that. That's a great point, right? It's obviously there's a lot of stuff to it. It's, you know, not so breathtaking, but there's all there's some really fabulous stuff. Uh, it, it's also inspiring. You see people doing their first muscle up or first rope climb, or like you said earlier, a 60 year old, you know, climbing up that rope. It's, it's pretty inspiring and it's fun to watch. There's some great tidbits in there, you know. I was kind of wondering what kind of shoes I should probably get for the upcoming year, so I was going to go kind of maybe ask that question. No. Um, but <laughs> but there's, there's some really good stuff in there, I, and I think the community in general is, you know, it's pretty cool, uh, you know, especially when we get into open well, season. Well, thank you, man. Is there anything that you wanted to hit on that I didn't ask you about? We haven't yeah. talked about chalk. <laughs> Steve had a meeting because if anyone's still listening to this, the goal is to have at least a couple admins on. And I want that from my perspective because we got a cool group of admins that have, you know, very different views on how to think and how to ask questions. We got this nailed during the day and Steve had a sales meeting to attend. So we didn't hit chalk, even though you sent me a picture with your chalked up hands the other day. Beyond chalk. We talked about nutrition. We talked about the games. We talked about who you are. I mean, I really appreciate you taking the time. I hope folks get a view of who you are as well. You're no name in this space. And to understand that there's still stuff you're struggling with, handstand walks. You're still paying attention to your nutrition. You spent a couple of years trying to get 60 plus down at a few of these comps. And I appreciate that you would do that for the community. So thanks, man. Hey, thank thank you. Thanks for having me, Ron. I appreciate it. All right, let's talk about some masters-friendly comps. Um, Nate Gordon suggested the Garage Games as an ongoing competition, which you can find at thegaragegames.com slash the-masters-tour. He also suggested Masters of the Universe, but Nate, I couldn't find the link. It didn't go through well, so hopefully you can provide that to us again. And I'm going to butcher this next name, and I apologize, but Steve Misiewicz suggested the Vector Games. Those are coming in Maryland on November 23rd, and the spelling on that is V-E-K-T-E-R. So that's VectorGames.com, V-E-K-T-E-R. And then Corey Leonard suggested Wadi Gras, which I'm assuming is a pun on Mardi Gras. And that's February 1st in New Orleans, and it's W-O-D-I-G-R-A-S dot com. So please, folks, let us know if you have any other comps or seminars or anything else. It's really interesting to Masters. And we hope you enjoyed Episode 2 with Del LaFountain. Thank you.